Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And this is Max Rush. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon show. Ben Foster joined us. He did, yes. To chat about uh, life in an England camp. Um, we also heard from Chris McCausland, comedian and Liverpool fan. Uh, we spoke about uh, a visit to an island uh, and whether you can go there or not, football related. <laughs> And uh, we had a bit of a chat about that. Nice things, chat. didn't we? We had a nice time. Hopefully, listeners did too. Well, let's find out. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And uh, I spend every hour now just trying to work out how to fit Grealish, Mount and Foden yeah. in, into my England team, doing exactly the thing that I criticise people who ring phone-ins and say, just get all the attackers in. And there's well, me just working uh, on it. And Jason Burt made an interesting piece today. Uh, and I think the key phrase in it, if I can find it, I definitely should have put a ring around. Now, here it is. Um, he's talking about, you know, logic tells you that the teams that go deep into tournaments and do very well and often win them are built on a solid defence. And he said, but sometimes logic can be defied and sometimes a team should just play to their strengths rather than mask their weaknesses. And I thought, what a very good line. I know exactly what he means because we haven't got, we're not where we want to be defensively at the moment. And so... You play know, no defence, no, no defenders. I'm not saying be completely throw caution at the wind, but the point he's making is most of what we've got in strength is up front mm-hmm. and, and in midfield. So let's... Let's outscore the opposition. Oh, yes. Let's get on the front foot. It What's would, the RD it su- as manager? It will surprise a lot of teams. Well, it, it might do initially anyway. Mm-hmm. But you know what it means? Let's play to our strengths I mean, rather than try and add extra bodies, going three at the back and just yeah. trying to protect uh, yeah. a defence that the, the feeling is probably isn't going to go all the way. I mean, there's a lot of people saying it's true that, you know, generally the, the expansive teams don't win the major tournaments. Mm. But, but we have gone into tournaments trying to be not as expansive but we're not as good as being not expansive as other teams are at being non-expansive. No, I'm, so I'm, let's be less Strangely, expa- I understand expansive. exactly what you mean. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. And then I stress about whether it's better to come top of the group or second or third, yeah. as if it's an automatic choice. As if England can just say, England can just look at one of those you know, interactive wall charts and just place ourselves yeah. where we want to be placed. Because 
that's how uh, you know that's how these things work. Well, Sven's been on the circuit. We had him today. It was very interesting. He was on Sky News a little bit earlier on. He's been on. He's been doing the rounds. Apparently, he doesn't seem to be flogging anything. You know, I thought one what Sven's flogging, <laughs> but he didn't seem to be flogging anything. He just Got loft insulation. He just thought he'd come on and speak to the media generally about England's chances, and he was quite bullish about them. But I think his point is a good one that, that Fletch brought us just there in the news. If you can get beyond that round of sixteen game, if you can beat which is most likely to be Portugal or France, then you are going to start believing. I mean, you think about it. We keep talking about can we go all the way. We might not even make the quarterfinals if we come up against one of those teams. And there'll be no disgrace in losing to the winners, the holders of the World Cup or the European Championships. No, no. But So we may have to face up to that. But if we come through that and we win that, then, then I think we'll three lines start, on repeat. Absolutely. We'll start to believe, won't we? And then yeah. it, whatever. I mean, <laughs> although it's not, there's no other good teams <laughs> exactly. left to play. But we play Hungary <laughs> in the final. Once we get past, yeah. Once we get past France, mm. it'll just be basically a cake. Oh yeah, just knock it about a bit. Um, oh. Uh, ben Foster, I've managed to book Ben Foster. Good. So, okay. so during this, while we were having this incredible conversation, my focus. What time's he coming on? He's coming on. He says, "How long am I on for?" I say, "About ten, 10 minutes." minutes. We get bored with him after that. Ten minutes. Uh, thanks, mate. Yeah. Uh, hope hope you're doing well. Is that good? Doing well. I don't well. Know, it's just a bit. Uh, uh, okay, perfect, says Ben. Okay, perfect. Was, was I a bit crawly there? Was, was like you should have said. You should have said no more than an hour and a half, <laughs> <laughs> just to wind him up. Anyway, we'll have a chat with him. Yeah. But there's some other stuff I want to hear from the listeners uh, on today, isn't there? They're based on news stories. The springboard are a couple of news stories you found in the papers. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, there are two stories. Uh, one is uh, <clears throat> one is sort of connected to sport. So I'll lead with that yeah. one if you want, which is. Uh, uh, a story about the snooker, um, as in the Daily Star. Yeah. Mark Selby has been challenged to settle a debt of Mars bars. The reigning world champion once played Michael Judge, 45, for mm. chocolate as a teenager mm. uh, because he had no cash. Uh, Dublin's yeah. judge, who has regained his tour card 10 years after losing it. So that's a great story, isn't mm. it? Uh, he says, I used to practice with him a bit, playing blackball <coughs> games for Mars bars. I think he still owes me about three Mars bars. Oh. So uh, on, on the basis that Mark Shelby owes Michael Judge three Mark Mars Selby. bars. Mark, uh, Mark, Mark, Mark. You called Selby. him Mark Shelby. Didn't didn't I, that's what yeah, I put in the tweet it. as well. Oh, okay, is, he one of, is he one of the Peaky Blinders? Yeah, he's Mark one of Tommy is. I don't know if Mark's <laughs> one of them. He may be part. Do you remember that episode I mean, when he came? Yeah. You don't see the pub. They're always playing snooker around the back. Yeah. someone's being killed in the front. Yeah. And, you know, he's not well, he's East Midlands. Maybe he's part of the. <laughs> maybe he's part of the old uh, Leicester turn. <laughs> Part of the anyway, family. Mark Selby owes mm. Michael Judge three Mars bars. So it is small, insignificant debts yeah. that you hold over sports stars. Mm. Okay, so you know we're not looking for somebody owes me quarter of a million pounds. Yeah. That's not the, not <laughs> the, not where we want to go with this. If somebody owes, if a footballer owes you a quid, mm. you know, like you gave them the money for a shopping trolley, yeah. or something like that, or just small debts that aren't even cash that you know there are you know somebody owes you something they lent you this and they never gave it back those kind of things I'm sure i had a tale of something like almost that. certainly did i think it was like a football good samaritan story i think it might have involved old mate Stuart robson who okay. broke down in his car and someone came up with a, a kind of can of petrol for him to get him on the road again so, so um, somebody uh, alvin martin owns somebody Stuart robson, Stuart robson owns somebody yeah. Uh, You're struggling petrol. a bit with names today, aren't you? <laughs> Getting overexcited about the year. Trying to produce the show, that's the problem. That's do, do you want the other one while you're looking for that? <laughs> a, uh, <laughs> oh, 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 producer's <laughs> not happy. He said, oh, I'll go home then, should I? He's got well, the biggest, he's the biggest diva of the lot. Oh, no, he's, 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 he comes in and yells at you, I've not known any on-air talent as diva as him in this building. 
And that is saying something. A 90-year-old widower who has the same pub lunch every day has been gifted a £700 bar mm. tab by strangers to keep him fed for months. War veteran Pete goes into his local each afternoon to munch chicken with a glass of red wine. Wow. Uh, the landlord of the pub posted the video on TikTok and it went viral and people have been offering to buy his lunch. He doesn't need mm. the money. He's fine. He's comfortable, but yeah. it's a very kind thing. So basically the question is, do you eat the same <laughs> thing every day? It's that okay. simple. Do you know someone who eats the same thing every day? It's not okay. connected it to sport. Have to be sport particularly. It doesn't have to be sport at all. They are the two subjects I want Why is it people. only in a tabloid newspaper that people munch or chomp on <laughs> or devour? <laughs> Don't get that in The Guardian. Consume. It's always that sort of thing. He munched on three pies or whatever. I mean, no one ever does that in, real, in the real world. Uh, do you they? want a couple of these? Well, um, oh, go on, uh, Russell yes. says, uh, my mate Adam mm. only eats chicken and bread. It's going uh, to that freaky eaters <laughs> area, isn't it? AJ says, legit, I work with a 35-year-old man who had a homemade peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch every day wow. like he was six. Chris says, a guy I work with eats cheese and piccalilli sandwich every day and a tin of pineapple every day for the 12 years that I've been here. A tin. He owns a tin, does he? And Dijon Davis says, I once knocked Gary Monk out of a poker tournament in Swansea. Mm. He swore quite a bit, and his tantrum caused me to spill my pint. Gary Monk owes me a pint. Monk owes you a pint. Well, if Gary's listening this afternoon, maybe you can put that right. We'll pass on the details. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Considering what we're about to discuss, very timely bit of footage has just emerged, courtesy of the evening standards, Dan Kilpatrick. He's in the room as Gareth Southgate takes on uh, journalist and broadcaster Carrie Brown at darts. Right. They brought back the darts. Okay, from 2018. Staff and players versus journalists. We went along uh, and uh, Andy took on... Um, Eric Dyer okay. uh, and lost heavily Andy he just he barely at the board actually and he was furious fun. and from ever more <laughs> hated Eric Dyer wasn't after his, losing to Dyer wasn't his finest now. so that's one of the things they, one of the ways they sort of lighten the load for the players a little bit of darts Harry Kane said they, they've got a cricket pitch at St George's they hopefully have the golf simulator out again they're going to be lots of barbecue so the boys can eat together just finding ways to make uh, the tournament uh, go by without it becoming boring yeah, so what is it like yeah, absolutely let's, let's find, find out, out. Uh, Ben Foster was there in uh, Russia sorry in Brazil at the 2014 World Cup good afternoon Ben good afternoon guys hello mate does all this stuff work I mean did you what, what was it like with Roy in 2014 did you did it get boring or did you find a way to get through it um, you do actually find a way to get through it. To be fair, they, they've always been good. I'm sure that it goes back years and years and years where they've always had kind of a big communal room where, you, like you say, you'll have your darts, your pool table, table tennis, all that kind of stuff. Um, we were in Rio and we had, luckily for us, we, we had a golf course probably um, four or five miles away. Um, I don't know if that aided us or not because we didn't make it outside the group. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's always plenty to do, to be fair. Uh, in the games room, where did you migrate to, Ben? And who was who were you playing against? It was always Paul. It was always Paul. Like I say, there, you have you have a couple of tellies with playstations and stuff like that, and all the kids were well, the younger lads were playing, you know, FIFA against each other, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, but the goalies mainly played pool, but obviously we had James Milner as well, Joe Hart, we're a big cricket fan, so they were always setting up like um, we, we found a corridor very near to the communal room, so we were always playing cricket in there as well. Is there, is there a balance anything doing anything too strenuous? I mean, a lot of golf, uh, sometimes that's frowned upon from a player's point of view in terms of you should be relaxing boys, you shouldn't be out there playing cricket and golf. Does, was that ever an issue? 
Yeah, again, um, like I said, with things like the golf, um, the day before a game was probably off limits. The two days prior to a game was probably okay. Things like cricket, you wouldn't even risk it the day before a game just for the, the little run up, the bowl, all that kind of stuff. So um, as soon as we got to within 24 hours of kickoff, everybody was basically, you know, get back to your room. If you're having a bit of a massage or anything like that, fair enough. But other than that, you've got to be sat down and, and relaxing. Do they have a bedtime? You're like 10 o'clock lights out. No, 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 I think I think just footballers in general, we kind of you know how to look after yourself. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure everybody's different as well. If if, if it's some of these young lads' first ever time away at a major tournament for England, the night before games, it's just going to be a bag of nerves, isn't it? So um, I do feel for them a little bit. You know, I'm sure I'm sure that they're, they're used to it in some sort of aspect. But um, yeah, it is a bit of a nervy one if it's your first tournament trying to get sleep the night before a game. It's like the idea of the manager come knocking on doors. Yeah. Keep it down. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> you know, you don't, you've got your own room as well, haven't you, at this stage? You know, you're not rooming with anyone. No, you, you know, even at like, uh, club football level now, they don't do that anymore. Everybody has their own room. I'm sure sort of for the last 10 years or so now, I haven't roomed with anybody, whether it be at Birmingham City, you know, um, West Brom, Watford, no matter what. You always get your own room, and especially when England duty. Yeah, these these pampered footballers they need their own space, don't they? <laughs> Is that counterproductive? I mean, we've had some great yarns from sort of players here over the years who did have to room. You know, you learn about the realities of football, something the hierarchy. You know, if you're in with one of the old lags, you're getting up and making the tea and making sure they get a biscuit. I mean, I'm not saying that's the perfect way to do things, but do you think you miss something by not rooming with someone? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I think it's each to each to your own, to be perfectly honest. You know, when when we go away on, on pre-season tour, you know, over the years we've always been away to places like Austria and stuff like that at club level, and the goalies will always room together. So, And I've always loved that as well because most of the time I've had sort of a, another senior goalkeeper with me, whether it's someone like Boaz Myhill. Um, I, I couldn't tell you the after stuff we got up to when we're in our rooms and stuff. And, um, but we, we had a good laugh anyway, at least. But, but yeah, I do. I agree. I love it. I do. I just, I'm one of those guys anyway that whether I'm rooming by myself or with somebody, I'll always find my way down to like the cafe or somewhere like that where there's a load of people where we can sit down and just have a chat about absolutely anything. And like, not everybody likes everyone in a squad, be it a club squad or an international one if you're away for that extended period of time do you start to know that they don't like them and they never sit with them and they never talk to them or mm. and then they sort of gossip through the squad or is that something that outside of it we sort of play up and actually everyone's fine i i would like to think that the current squad is no, there's nothing like that because i'm it's like nowadays everybody knows everybody with england squad through twitter mm. instagram all that kind of stuff do you know what i mean they're always tagging each other appearing at other, other people's birthday parties, all that kind of stuff. But I know for a fact that back in the day, like we're talking 15, 20 years ago, the old England teams, where it was like you had the big old Man United divide, Chelsea divide, Arsenal divide, and it was a genuine thing. Do you know what I mean? You'd have three or four tables of people just sitting on the, uh, amongst their own teammates, which was always a bit weird. Did you ever say, come on, like, you know, let's, let's, let's all get together, let's all have a hug? Do you, I can mm. see you bringing everyone together, Ben. No, no. At that time, I was like early twenties. I wouldn't say boo to a goose. Mate. I've got like, I've got like Beckham sitting over there and Rio Ferdinand, Bruni. You've got no chance, mate. Just leave them to it. Leave them to it. <laughs> I mean, it's something that Gareth Southgate and, and his team think an awful lot about. I mean, he he was saying recently that he wants to make sure they all kind of eat together and but lots of barbie, make it very relaxed so people can just wander in and out and catch up with people. And, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to create this environment 
uh, that they think is con- conducive to the boys being able to relax around games. Probably a lot more thought goes into it that, than it did years ago. Yeah, I think I think what they're trying to do is just try and recreate that feeling of being back at your club. Because when you were back at your club, you're always relaxed. You're in every day. You know everybody. You know the dinner ladies. You know the chefs, all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure they're trying to recreate that. I mean, back I remember... Back in the day when I was in England team, we had like Fabio Capello was the manager. It was it was like so strict. Honestly, I remember we all had to be down at dinner. If if anybody was late for dinner, oh my god, everybody was sitting there just sort of. They were almost buzzing with excitement because they knew for a fact they were going to get told off. Um, <laughs> but then also there was there was a thing where he wouldn't let anybody leave dinner until absolutely everybody had finished dinner. So, so some so if you're the last one there, sort of eating dinner you're kind of just shoving it down you as quick as you can because you know you've got 25 other blokes just looking at you this day, come on, every time. <laughs> There's um, always someone in a group who, who's a really slow eater yeah, who was, well. Can you out the slow, who was the standout slow eater? Can you remember? There was, there was, I do actually remember one time where I, 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 when I got down to dinner, so one of the coaching staff had grabbed me and I was having a conversation for five, ten minutes and already I'm thinking, oh, no, I need to like, ram this food down me. <laughs> so anyway, I get, I get my plate and I'm sort of, chowing down as quickly as I can. And I remember having David Beckham sat opposite me, so it was literally just me and him, the last ones to finish. We've got all the other group of lads looking down the table at us. I'm no joke sweating at this time. I'm sweating my back out. Thinking, just get it down, just get it down. But Beck's opposite me is yeah. the most bothered man you've ever seen in your life, just sat there, just almost smirking at me just to say, what they're going to do, mate? He was like, he was effortlessly cool. But yeah, I was, I was absolutely <laughs> crapping myself. That's so good. And and uh, what's the summer for you now, Ben? You're on the golf course now, are you? Uh, well, uh, well, yeah, I'm supposed to be warming up now. So if I have a bad round this afternoon, then I'm blaming it on you guys. <laughs> but, um, yeah, teeing off at two. Um, it's nice, really. I just mix it up a little bit of golf and quite a lot of biking and, uh, and getting out on my bike as much as I can. And how's, how's everything looking for next season? Yeah, it's, it's fine. I think the, with, with Watford, it's um, I think they they like to do their business a little bit later on in the in the transfer window. So we haven't really signed too many players yet, but um, I'm sure it'll all start kicking off when when everybody gets back off holiday. Brilliant. And uh, England's chances at the Euros? Do you, do you do you fancy them? Do you know what? I would like to. Th- it, it, to be perfectly honest with you, with the squad we've got, it's almost a little bit sort of embarrassment of riches. Honestly, we've got that much of a talented young squad at the minute. As long as we go and give it a proper go and we try and do a bit and dominate teams and play some lovely football, I think that's what half the country's interested in, to be honest with you. If we're, if we're grinding through games, winning 1-0 penalties here and there and that kind of stuff, I think the fans will have a lot more to say. But if, I think if we show that we can go out there and put an attacking, attacking team out with the likes of people like Foden and Grealish, um, if we put them sort of players out, I'll be, I'll be more than happy. And finally, a keeper's appreciation of that Sam Johnston save at the weekend. World class. As a goalie, that's like scoring a hat-trick, to be perfectly honest. On your England debut, you keep, keep a, a clean sheet and then make a world-class save like that. I was buzzing for him as well. Because obviously, Sam, I, you know, I used to be at West Brom and then mm. Sam come in took after me. I knew him from Man United when he was a young kid as well. So, over the moon for him. Really happy for him to make his debut. But to make a save like that as well, absolutely world-class. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Johnny uh, has been in touch. Mm. Uh, I just wanted to read Johnny's message so much. I took a picture of Jason Donovan into my hairdressers when I was 13. Too embarrassed to admit it was Jason Donovan. I cut his face out, but it was obvious who it was. <laughs> my hairdresser couldn't contain his laughter. Oh, yeah. It's a brilliant message. Wasn't fooling anybody. I worked with a lad who uh, had the full Ronaldo. Brazilian Ronaldo, the tuft of hair at the front and everything. That is so tremendous. That is a bold one. That even Ronaldo regrets that one. I thought um, like the idea of if you really want the Jason Donovan haircut, then surely you want the Jason Donovan yeah. haircut. You can't just be so you're sort of morally conflicted about loving the hair but not wanting but people to know it's the Jason Donovan. Going in and saying I want to look like that, and they're saying, "Well, you know, I'm I'm not a plastic surgeon. <laughs> I'm a hairdresser." George the Gooner. It's just a tap in, isn't it? George the Gooner says, "Age seven, at the height of Beckham mania, I chose to go against the grain and asked for the Bergkamp, who at the time had a well-developed widow's mm. peak. Cue an awkward look between my dad and the barber, who kept asking if I was sure. Luckily, Dad told him to do something different." And I didn't end up looking middle-aged. That's a nice idea. They just absolutely loved... So you loved Bergkamp so much, you wanted to look bald. You must asking, you know, loving Shearer at the top, when then mm. there was the Shearer Island. Oh, yes. You know, like or the Steve McLaren oh, Island Oh, McLaren well. Island, that's still... I'd like it. the McLaren Island. People haven't been able to go there for over a year, of course. So you can remember <laughs> no. McLaren Island, I think, is on it's the... Amber. It's on the amber list. <laughs> Some of the... Martinez Island, at the moment, I think that's... That might be on the green list, okay, but we don't know how long for. If you go to Martinez Island now, you might find you have to rush home before, oh, terrible people before going, your full week. If you're going to change the rules for Martinez Island, yeah. right? Give us some notice. That's right. So it's can... just not fair, is it? You know, people scrambling to get off of Martinez Island on the head of just ahead of the Euros. Um, this comes from Fulham Dowster, who said, "I used to work as a queue maker, and uh, Steve Davis turned up for a visit one day while he was doing the round of the factory. Some super glue went missing from my bench." Wow. 
So, I mean, that's casting aspersions about <laughs> Steve Davis. I doubt if he's still got it. I doubt if he ever did it, but it must just be a coincidence. Fulham Dowster, he said, uh, it's gone, it for, went. For small debts, yeah, this is after. Yeah, that's right. This was... Um, uh, Mark Selby owes uh, another snooker player, who I temporarily forget. Three Mars Three bars. Mars bars. Have yeah. you watched Gods of Snooker? Have you watched that? No, I've got it recorded. Um, I haven't yeah, watched it it's yet. really, it's fascinating. I sort of remember that time, but not very well. Hmm. And just, see, you know, seeing... Alex Higgins and Steve Davis and, and sort of Barry Hearn sort of plan with those, uh, not with Higgins, but with Davis and those other guys. He had Griffiths to sort of yeah. what roles they should play in the kind of soap opera of snooker. Yeah. You know, that, that sort of was fa- totally Willie fascinating. Thorne, Tony Mio and all that, yeah. sort of, that, that sort of stable, yeah. Uh, D. Vinny says on the subject of small debts, uh, I was in a busy bar in Sheffield. I was about to get served. I got tapped on the shoulder. Surprisingly, it was Reggie Blinker asking me. <laughs> I don't know where to believe these at all. Can you buy me a beer? I passed him the beer and he said, meet me back here in 10 minutes. I'll buy you one back. I never saw him again. Didn't, did we have a... There wasn't a Robert Snodgrass one up here as well, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. That, I can that, see that here. Yes. It says, uh, after watching Leeds beat Manchester United in the FA Cup back in 2010 at Old Trafford, we all ended up back in Leeds for a few pints. 10pm, about 10pm in a bar on Call Lane in Leeds. It in walks Robert Snodgrass with Mrs Snodgrass and brother. We had a chat and he was a top lad. He's a nice guy, Robert Snodgrass. I bought him a drink to celebrate, at which point he said he'd get me one back. He never did. Oh. He just went on with his night with no thought for poor old me. Robert Snodgrass, you owe me a pint. So, yeah, but then they've not put their name in it, but there is a phone number if, uh, yes, if Robert if, Snodgrass If Robert wants, wants to get in touch, yeah. we will pass you the phone number and you can perhaps arrange a meet-up. Kenneth said, I had the gas back in the day spent an hour with my scalp burning almost in tears took a month for the blisters to go and uh, it was still there three months later but I mean it was obviously a bit of I mean a, a proper hairdresser knows what they're doing that is not the case DIY you know, it's obviously a cowboy that you went to <laughs> clearly um, Mark, Mark says it would be a nice touch if Harry Kane went for the Jerry Francis haircut in tribute to our former manager <laughs> brackets and possible next manager yeah. he says perhaps if Kane stays he'll do the Jerry he'll Francis he'll go for the Jerry that was yeah. uh, fantastic we'd make like Chris Borman's cycling helmet look that would be good wouldn't it mark hughes owes me a pound okay after i lent it to him um uh to using a smint machine in a toilet in chester zoo (laughs) the day after liverpool beat stoke city that's fair i mean he's obviously never never forgotten it uh has he dave tully's been in touch dave Dave. uh i once subbed brian ashton the rugby union coach 50p in a chip shop in bath i'll never see that again well you never know he (laughs) may just knock on the door one day mitt says i lent kenny benjamin a scart lead when he was the overseas player Player for our local cricket team in the mid nineties, I've given up seeing that again. Yeah, says Mitt. well, it's you know, it's it's just different ways to connect these days. <laughs> if he came back with it, could you use it? Try and find a scart lead on the back of a new telly. You won't, mate. I don't think so. If you've got an old telly, fine. Jonathan's been in touch. We in. have an apology to make. Oh yeah. Uh, Jonathan says, as a man approaching island status, I think you're being very islandish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do apologise. Well, if there's any other islands you want to know, we can let you know. We've got the full list: all the managers' islands, players' islands. We've got them all. Steve Stone Island, that's gone there, hasn't it? But the old Steve Stone Island. Was there an island? Oh, yeah, Steve Stone just a had an island. land mass, wasn't no, it? Uh, I think Steve Steve's island was, I think that was in I think, the, I think cl- climate change had really <laughs> I think Stone Coastal island. erosion. <laughs> Stone yeah. Island is a different thing. Stone Island is a complete, yeah, Steve Stone <laughs> Island is one thing. But any of the great uh, sporting islands, or we can tell you uh, whether they're in the red, green or amber.
We can, yeah. Traffic light system, we're happy to help. Simon uh, Calder will be joining us later to tell you. You can go to Steve McLaren Island. You (laughs) can go to Steve's Island, but you will have to quarantine for 10 days. A lot of it is booked up, though. On your return, yes. I mean, Airbnb on McLaren Island has costed thousands. They are talking about an air bridge to McLaren <laughs> Island at the moment, but that's not definite, so don't book. No, don't all these book. crackpot Prime Minister plans. Don't do that. Well, I don't know. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Joining us now, making a welcome return to the show, is uh, comedian and uh, Liverpool fan Chris McCausland. Good afternoon, Chris. Hey, Paul. How you doing, mate? Yeah, we're good. We're good. So this, uh, what's it going to be like getting back out there after all this time? <laughs> well, I've been... Um... I'm, I'm a bit under the weather at the minute, and I know this sounds like I'm, I'm moaning about nothing, the amount of um, work that you know people have been doing over the last year, delivery people, NHS and all that. I've done pretty much nothing, <laughs> and a um, little bit here and there. In the last 10 days, I've, I've, I've been out every night. I've done 10 gigs and two recordings, and um, my body doesn't know what's going on, mate. Um, <laughs> Have you loved it? Because I had this theory that every comedian and every band would realise actually it's really nice to be at home at 7pm and just sitting on the sofa and we'd never have any entertainment, live entertainment ever again because you'd all be like, why are we, yeah. why are we going why out Why did we do this? <laughs> what was the point of this? Driving just... back from real at three in the exactly. morning. Exactly. But did you have, you have you loved this 10 days? Do, do, do you know what? I've, I've, um, in my head... I've loved getting back out there and doing the gigs, but my body's finding it hard to um, to keep up at the minute. Um, with with the staying at home, though, I, I mean, what what I what I did is I really used the time because I was home of an evening to get back into to music as well. And um, you know, for the last twenty years. I've liked the same 10 bands that I liked. Yeah. The same playlist <laughs> you know I mean? on loop. I know how you feel. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, you, you, you just haven't got the time to be listening to find, finding new stuff. I mean, you can always li- listen to what you, what you want passively, but you need to go and hunt these things out. And um, so I've, I feel like I've used the year productively. So um, what have you I'm, discovered, I've... Chris, musically? Is there anybody out there that you, you should you point us towards that you've, you've, you've found in this period? Do you know what? I've, I've just... Um, the last um, couple of weeks, been listening to a London band called Black Midi, right. and if you were to um, ask me what genre it was, I, I, I don't know whether it's um, I don't know whether it's jazz or metal or um, garage rock or punk, uh, God knows. There's a little bit of everything going on. Punk Madness jazz, the frogs, punk jazz, according to the Guardian. <laughs> punk jazz, um, yeah, that's, that's what it says. Here. So what, people come to talk sport for as well. Punk jazz, yeah, that's we are, we're known as the home of punk jazz. So yeah. uh, we're, we're going to, now. The the title of your show is Speaky Blinder um, because it is. you you are you are blind, Chris. I am, you know, and and the the show title uh, wasn't my idea. It was um, <laughs> Justin Morehouse, who you'll probably know. Oh yeah, yeah probably being on the show. And um, I, I mean, he knows that I don't like really playing on it in a in a kind of a cheesy way. And um, and and I also didn't want a pun of a film title for a for a show. And he phoned me up and he goes, "Hey, I've, I've got um, I've got a name for your show." And I said, "What is it?" He went, "You're not gonna like it." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and um, and unfortunately, I made the mistake of telling me agent and the tour producer, and they went, "Well, if you can come up with something better than that, um, you can." And I couldn't, <laughs> so I got I got overruled on my own show. Oh, so it's well, it's next April it starts. So, like, I mean, how how sorted is it? Did you know what it's going to be about yet? Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, I mean, this is the second time I've done this, Max. I, I was on this show um, promoting the yes. dates with, um, with Charlie Baker. Oh, with um, me and Charlie. Just before, oh, right. 
Was it your cell phone I as well? I think so, yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, ju- I just know Charlie really well from, not, not, not that you're forgettable, I just know <laughs> no, Charlie totally really well. Yeah. I am eminently forgettable. <laughs> sort of the generic um, vanilla presenter they just throw into an yeah. old show and no one notices. Yeah, and so the show was written then. The, sh- the show was ready to go. And um, and it, it's been re- rearranged and rearranged three times, I think. So... Um, so it, it's um, you know I just need to get me um, y- you know me me mojo back I think but um, but the shows the show's good to go and we start in in, in April which is um, it's going to be about three months and we're going all over the place really so mm. um, and it's just a stand up show there's no um, I, I don't I don't sing and dance or nothing talking into a microphone so if um, if people like that kind of stand up. Um, then all, all, all the better. Come on, yeah. come along, really. You've done a fair bit of telly, Chris. I mean, I, I, you did a very good set on Live at the Apollo, I remember. But you've done Have I Got News For You and Would I Lie To You and QI and stuff. So, did, I mean, that obviously upping the the uh, the profile must help in the old live setting to getting people through the door. I'm, I'm open, so, Paul, but the, the thing is, is that as you do telly, the normal the normal way it works is you do you do a bit of telly, and as you're doing the, the stuff on the telly, you're also going out and playing clubs, and you can see if there's a slightly different reaction to you. I've got no idea whether people like me or not. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've I've been quite lucky over the lockdown. I've had quite a quite a few things come in. I kind of, I think I um, I hit that point before all of this happened where I'd done a few things, kind of proven myself, and and was in with a lot of shows. Um, so that when we went into lockdown that I was still getting a, a decent amount of work coming through from the telly. It's, but yeah. all of that stuff I've done over the lockdowns, um, I haven't really, um, you know, been able to assess whether um, the reception I'm getting <laughs> on stage is, or whether it's, oh, no, it's this fella off, uh, off, off, you know, off the show the other day. Do you, do you um, know what? Would I lie to you? Would I lie to you looks like the most fun. Some of them are like quite high pressure. You'd be nervous. You've got to get a good gag in quickly. Would yeah, I lie yeah. to you just looks like the most fun you can have on a TV show. It is fun, Max, but they don't they don't give you a heads up um, on your lies, um, <laughs> and they don't get, they don't tell you what truth they're going to use. So, but basically, the way it works is you have a meeting with them to tell them like stories from your life, and they might pick five or six and go, "We like these five or six stories," um, and and they don't tell you anything about the lies. So you don't know when that card gets turned over what truth you've got. Or, so they could make it easier on you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Is it true I that... Did, sorry, go on. I was going to say, I remember reading a bit you did in The Guardian and you said you walked into an undertaker's thinking it was the barber's next door and the undertaker said, can I help you? And you said, well, have you got many waiting at the moment? <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? I've, I've never done that on stage because it sounds like something I've made up and it's 100% true. That's amazing. And it's next door to the undertaker's. And I, I went through a little I went through a little phase in life because my eyesight deteriorated and I was... Mm. You know, when when it deteriorates, you, you go through a like um, and it, you're quite embarrassed or there's denial. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And so I I hated going out with a white stick, and I'd always hide it my first opportunity. And so I nipped into the barbers or what I thought was the barbers and quickly got rid of it, stuck it, folded it up, stuck it in my pocket, and it was completely quiet. <laughs> and then the fella came out from the back, and I was like, 
have you, have you got many waiting at the minute? And he was... Huh? <laughs> I imagine it's got a different smell, though, hasn't it? <clears throat> unless, the, unless the barber says, you want a bit of embalming fluid on that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, the, the irony is as well, I mean, he could have probably cut me hair. He's probably, he's probably a fairly dab hand. Imagine you'd be embarrassed, you'd just go along with it, yeah. wouldn't you? You'd just sort of sit there blowing a, blowing a top hat and a long coat cutting your hair. Um, uh, so, Chris, we're creeping yeah. on the football. I mean, you are a Liverpool fan, but I take it you, you look out for England as well. You're feeling... We just spoke to the guys at Paddy Power. Apparently, England had joined favourites to win it are you feeling that optimistic Who's, I, I can do you know what I, I think if um, if it's ever going to happen then um, this is a really good opportunity isn't it um, the amount of young talent that we've got at the minute is um, is is phenomenal really so I, I hope so um, I, do you know what I mean this is what football does to your head I, I literally had enough of football by the end of last season. I, and by the time we got to the end, after that January, March period for Liverpool, where we couldn't we couldn't buy a win, and then that last two months was every game's a must win, I was exhausted. Yeah. I was mentally drained, and I was like, I've had enough of football. I, I couldn't be doing with the Euros. And then two <laughs> weeks later, I'm like, oh, the Euros is on, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I think we're all gearing up for it. So, uh, Chris, good to talk to you as always. We wish you well. So, uh, the tour's next year, but you're, you're, you're gigging around the tickets in the are on sale now, Paul. Um, and my website, chrismacorson.com, has got all the links, so you can Google it. But, um, yeah, it's all on sale now, mate. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, we did ask earlier on, didn't we, about uh, whether... Uh, it was uh, Mark Selby, the snooker player, um, is owed. Or well, does he owe three Mars bars to a he owes uh, three fellow Mars snooker bars. player? Yes. Um, do, do the stars owe you anything? When I was nineteen, uh, my friend and I made friends with an M Blackburn youth player, Damien Duff. We gave him a lift home after a night out, and he asked me when I popped into a shop to get him some munchies. I got him two packs. Oh, it's about thirty-five p a pack of munchies. So Damien Duff owes. Um, um, what's his name? G Dog Thirteen owes him uh, two packs of munchies. Well, I can tell G Dog Thirteen that I have twice. I, I, I don't spend a lot of time with footballers, mm. but once mm. a strange bar under centre point walked into it, and Damien Duff there was with his family. Yeah. And then a few months later, I was and I've told this before was walking into the Wildlife Photographer of the Year exhibition at the Natural History Museum, which is a wonderful exhibition. Mm. It's always a picture of a gorilla looking miffed, amongst other things. And uh, Damien Duff was in there as well, just looking at the uh, Wildlife Photographer of the Year exhibition. So if you want to see Damien Duff, I would say go to the Natural History Museum. He's almost certainly there. Do you want to do sporting coincidences? You're going to love this one. This came from a guy called Alf, who was was an accountant and an athletics trainer back in the day. Mm And um, he went to see West Ham play. Yes. And uh, sitting in the two seats behind him, right? Yes. Sitting behind him, George and Henry Cooper, the great Henry Cooper Mm -hmm. and his brother George, both boxers, George and Henry Cooper. So, uh, oh, yeah, George, Henry, yeah. So that evening, he went to the cinema with his missus, sat down in his seat, two seats behind him in the cinema, (laughs) London's busy West End, George and Henry Cooper, both sitting there. That's it. There we are. I hope he just turned and went, yeah, yeah. didn't do any more than that. <laughs> didn't say, what a just, coincidence what this is. What are the is. chances of that happening? Yeah, well, he's dined out on that for years. On the subject of uh, um, this uh, nice man, Pete, this 90-year-old mm. who has chicken and red wine for lunch every day. Yeah. Uh, someone pointed out, surely the big issue with this is he's having red wine with chicken, but that's okay. So yeah, that's what do you true. Eat? He's quite a, quite a statement, isn't, isn't it? it? What do you do every, eat every day? Ben says, uh, has been in touch to say, uh, Tricker 87. Uh, uh, eats sausage and chips for lunch every day at work. Mm. And a few times a week, goes home and has sausage and chips for dinner too. 
<laughs> so what is at least 10, 10 sausage and chips a day. Gab Cancello, friend of the show, says a Granny Smith apple for breakfast and bread with whatever I'm having for dinner. Anything. Anything. Even a Sunday dinner. Yeah. Like yeah. a coat, <laughs> like a, what they call that thing they used to have, a trencher. Where you'd put, you didn't have a plate, right. you had a big piece of bread. Okay. That was, that, that was a brilliant system. It's sort of medieval. Okay, right. But you'd have a, a big piece of bread and this you'd eat. In the off olden the, days. Yeah, you'd eat the off bread the bread. Would be the plate. And the bread was the plate. So it's was there a plate underneath it? No, no, no there was no okay. plate. The, the, right. the bread was the plate. Get your head around that concept, mate. So this is when you were growing up on the streets no, of Bristol. No, not you me. You didn't have plates. No, I said it was medieval. Oh. <laughs> but this, okay. it, it was called a trencher, wasn't it? And they used to eat off of the bread because oh, it clever. soaked up all the juices. Mainly they were eating great, great big hunks of meat and stuff. They weren't having, you know, they were they weren't having soup. Okay, that would be a difficult business. That would be tricky. It? Yeah. Anyway, Something to think you're about, isn't it? stuff on this show, yeah. aren't you? Who knew Paul grew up in such a world? <laughs> I didn't grow up in that world, <laughs> but my ancestors did. But I thought it was a good it was a good idea. It was a good idea. Yeah. I'm surprised they moved on the world of plates. Anyway, um <laughs> plates are they all out? Yeah, Adrian, we take your calls on that. Plates. Let's go back to <laughs> bits of bread. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon show. We'll do it all again uh, tomorrow from one. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great evening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four PM on Talksport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 